Here's the situation. In your current physical condition, you are zapped into the body of a Wimbledon ball boy. How long do you go before someone figures out that something's wrong? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Rush Howell. And I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation, a, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's uh, theme is courts and fields. Courts and fields, and so uh, you went right to courts with yep. Wimbledon. A couple of words that can be taken in a lot of a lot of different a lot of different uh, directions. Right. Yeah. This one I thought of. This was uh, I came up with this theme. It's not a pun like most of our other ones, but each of the words, even though it sounds like we're just talking about athletic uh, facilities where, where you play. Uh, actually means so many different things mm-hmm. that, that it was interesting. And as always, we'll get the disclaimer out of the way. Uh, each of us is hearing the situations being read to us for the very first time. That is correct. All right, so I will go first. We'll come back to this uh, Rush Howell uh, magically <laughs> put into the body of the ball boy. And I've got uh, a follow-up question in there for um, later, too. Really looking forward to that, <laughs> I have to say. Um, but, okay, uh, TJ, here's the situation. Hit me. You... Uh, come to and find yourself in a large, relatively large field. Okay. You don't remember how you got there. The field ends about 10 yards ahead of you and about 20 yards behind you. Okay. And it also ends about 10 yards to your right or 10 yards to your left. Okay. You're alone and you feel a a vague but palpable sense of unease, uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. You do not like it here. You take one step forward, and you are struck with the immediate passage of time, like you're fast-forwarding. You react, and you take one step backward, and the time reverses. Okay. You're back to where you started. You soon realize the following. If you exit the field going forward, the 10 yards, one year of your life will be gone for each yard you go forward. Ooh. You will have memories of those 10 years. All of the people around you will remember it, but you won't have lived it. Okay. It'll be like a almost like a blackout for okay. 10 years. If instead you decide to exit backwards. Like I woke from a living coma, but I was yeah, basically get around. And okay. you have cobwebs around the memory so that you don't have perfect memory, but you generally can remember the things that you did okay. and the people that were with you would remember them, but you, but you didn't live it. Okay. Um, if you exit backwards 20 yeah. yards, then 20 years will be rewound off your life. You'll have lost that 20 years forever. None of it will have ever happened. You'll have no memory of it, nor will anyone else. Okay, so you don't like either of those thoughts. Yeah. What if, but then you start to move left, left yeah. and you start okay. to move right, and you soon realize... That if you go either way, you won't. Time won't change, but you will change fundamentally oh, into no. a different person who lives in a different area with a different life, different friends, different family. But you'll be the same age age when you exit. If you go left, you're going to become more analytical, more focused on math and science, economics, more practical, more mm-hmm. cynical. If instead you exit to the right, you'll become more creative. More carefree, less disciplined, more prone to rash decisions and flights of fancy, more moody, and more inclined towards the arts. Man. Which way do you exit this field and uh, why? Diagonal. No, uh, sir. South by south. No, sir. South by southeast. Forward, back. Huh. Left or right. Front, back, side Man. to side. Um, front, front, back, back, side to side. Well, here, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I am... Um, 
I'm pretty happy with the general station I am in life right now. I, Good. I'm, Glad to I'm hear. in a, I'm in a, 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 a loving marriage. I, I've got a lot, a lot going for me. But as good as I have it, I don't want to immediately have 10 years less of it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So I'm going to rule out going forward. Ruling it out. Okay. I'm ruling it out going forward. Um, I think becoming more analytical would be a great danger for me. I think I'm already in some ways paralyzed by over overthought okay. on stuff. And so I think that would that would be really bad. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm down to two directions. Um, but going backwards costs me at least my marriage now. For sure. Um, but that doesn't rule out the fact that we won't find each other again. So I would That's be right. 28 years old. And uh, you know what? I'm going out right. Going out right. Going out right. So you're going to lose your, you're going to have a different family. You're going to have different friends. You're going to. Wait a minute. I forgot that part. I can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go backwards 10. I'm going to go backwards the 20 yards and hope I don't end I up hope it kind of as screwed, as screwed, as sort of in the ways that I'm screwed up, as screwed yeah. up as I am now. If I took away the different family, different friends thing, you, you'd be the, you'd, you'd, li- you'd be restored to your same life, but as a totally different person. But far, far, you would take maybe you would go to the right instead of going back and, and doing the 20 years. I think so. Cause like of, of the things that I love the most, they, they are my friends and my family. You sure. know, like that's, that's my, it, it, that's, it, it, my, you might not be able to maintain those friendships and family though, because you're going to be so different when you come out the right. That's so the, creative. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll probably just make more like beautiful, like handmade birthday cards for all of my great friends and, and, yeah. And, you're, def- you're definitely going to lose your friends and family if your if your first thought is like let's really hit it hard on these handmade birthday cards. I I think so. Yeah. So I got to go. I got to go backwards. I got to go backwards. Okay. Because my life's work is my friends and family, right? And I think yeah. that I will. I think I could restore those and and some of them I've had for more than 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 these twenty yeah. years. And so I, I think you know. Man, for for me, going right and left is a non-starter. Okay, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to fundamentally alter who I am. Uh-huh. First of all, period. Yeah. Secondly, uh, when you add in the I'm going to come out on the other side with like a different family, and it's just like I live in a different world. You know, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And if if I didn't have the friends and family thing though, which I knew no one would take that right, mm-hmm. and I was going to back it down to the one where you don't have that uh, situation as part of it. I still don't think I'm willing to like alter myself yeah. that dramatically. I, I would hate that. Um, so, so for me, it, it was similar to for you. The the forwards are back. I actually think. So I, I talked with my friend Brad a little bit about this. Uh, I played tennis with him today, and I was like, I'm going to ask TJ this one tonight. And he 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 was like, he he ultimately said he would go forward. Forward, yeah. And he's got five children. Uh, great marriage, great family life, great job. You know, blah blah blah. Uh, and it's horrific to think about, right? Losing 10 years of your life, yeah. just horrible. But he, he, he made like a great point, which was, you know, I think it's a little bit of like a, do you believe in fate type thing? Uh-huh. But he's like, if I back up 20 years, the odds that things work out as well as they have in my view yeah. right now are so low that I just can't do it. And of course you forget all of it. So you won't be, you won't be like 
wrecked with, you know, the feeling of, oh, my God, I can't make it work with Beth again because you won't know that you married Beth. Right. right? But but he's just like analytically, I think my chances are so low of having of liking my life as much as I do now. And then I I was like, I, I think that's. I'm not sure. That's probably right. Yeah. But at the same time, I think people that are pretty happy with their station Mm -hmm. in life are probably overrate how likely it is or how unlikely it is Mm -hmm. that they could come back to a station in life that's as good, almost as good or even better than where they are now. If they like their station in life, it might not be this specific station in life that they're liking, but they are more prone to like where it is that they have ended up or what the the people they've surrounded themselves with and the situations they found themselves in. Right. Now, that may be unfair, right? Because circumstances matter a ton. And so it may well be that, um, you know, that's that's just not right. But I, I do I do innately believe that there's something to the people that find their way to a station in life that they like. Part of that is is internal and not the externalities. Yeah. That have that have a, caused all of that kind of bloom where you're planted sort of. Right. Sort of theory. Yeah. Right. So, but with Brad, I was like, I, I, I can't see how you would take a different, a different choice than that. Yeah. Right. When you've got five children and it sucks for him because he loses those 10 years watching them grow up from five and eight to 15 to 18, right? Horrible. But at least they have the memories. Yeah. And it wasn't like he abandoned them. They remember it all. It's a nasty little query here. Yeah, it's a man, horrible man. field. You yeah, don't want to be in this field. Nasty. But I think like from, I gotta pay more attention to where I'm going so that I don't come to in a field that, you know, like yeah, drastically alters time and and, and my personality. I, I think for me though that I was it, it was very tough between forward and back. And I I mean, they're just both so horrible, but I think I think I would go backwards. Backwards, yeah. And so you and I would be in the same boat. You and I would, would wake up at the same time <laughs> in 1999, you would be... Would we know each other? No. no. Uh, we would be getting ready to meet theoretically. Oh, okay. But I moved, you know, I spent the summer of 98 here. I don't think we even met that summer. And then, you know, I know I met you in, in 2000, if not before. Okay. So we wouldn't be far away from that. Uh, if we went exactly 20 years back, I would already have moved to Chicago. So I would... I would have begun pursuing, you know, improv mm-hmm. and then we'll see where it goes. But then Brad and I were talking about this too. And I was like, you know, what's interesting. Um, if you could leave yourself like, like a 10 word message, <laughs> number one, would you do it? And number two, what would you write? You, like you, you honestly, you get like a tweet, you know, like, like a hundred and whatever characters or yeah. whatever it is. You really can't put much in there, but would you do it? And if so, what would you do? And and it's the one thing you can read when you pop back up. And well, I think I, if if this happened twenty years from right now, I think I'd be in rehearsals uh, at the main stage for for that the the first my first that's review. Right. I yep. think is where I'd be. So uh, it would is <laughs> during that time I had like this odd physical thing happened to me on stage that basically like I have, I've had to leave and, and sort of never really been able to, to go, to go back. Um, it, so it would say like, don't freak out when it gets weird. Hmm. And I think my life would be different. Okay. Yeah. So and, you wouldn't uh, say, if I had two words left, I'd be like, drink less, drink less. 
you wouldn't write <laughs> find and marry Beth Maluska. Like, would you do? I mean, I, I, I wonder if that puts such a weird like pressure and dynamic on all of it that I it would think be it would. very hard to make I it work. And, act like me, right. you know, like, and then this is like now some destiny and like, and she's got to want, she's got to want that too, you know, yeah. like, and I could maybe make myself really convenient and look, you know, appealing, but like, but, but just the, 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 um, kind of like, uh, I don't know. F- yeah. The forced drive of it, I think would just make it so bizarre. And yeah. and really unappealing in in the end, you know, like yeah, I mean, you would, you know, it's these things have have to happen, <laughs> you know, naturally, right? It's like the I, I love that part of like Groundhog Day, which is a movie I just love. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever, but I love that part where Bill Murray is trying to recreate, yeah, the the night where and he forcing almost, that laugh and like their tumble, yeah, he and, almost yeah. got it to work with Andy McDowell, yeah. and it's just like it's such a great. Yeah, it's, oh, just such you. A, it's just such a smart way to have, have written all of that. First of all, I just think Ramus like nailed it. Yeah, uh, with that whole movie with I, the kids I, or whatever. Like, oh, you, yeah. you, you, you little. I love snowballs. Uh, <laughs> and then it just gets worse and worse because you can't, you can't, you can't force it. All right, Rush. Um, hey, here's one for you. Awards for excellence in a particular field are often named for a pioneer or expert in that field. This obviously relates to fields. Yes. Um, so here's the situation. You are named Namer of Names for Named Awards. Nice. Um, I will give you (laughs) a field of pursuit, and I'd like you to give me the award name for that field. Okay, so like the Heisman Trophy mm -hmm. in college football. I'm coming up with names kind of like that? Yeah. like I'm I'm thinking less like the Larry O'Brien Trophy, because I don't know if Larry O'Brien was a great great basketball basketball player or the Nobel Prize, because I don't think Alfred Nobel was necessarily great at... Physics, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd meant gunpowder. Um, but, or the uh, Armando Diaz. <laughs> right. um, but it'd be like, um, what would it be like? Oh, like the Bill Russell, the Bill Russell MVP award for okay. for the NBA. It's named for someone you know who who excelled in that field, or was a pioneer in that field, or what or what have you. And if you want to say like, well, you know, it's the something something cup, the something something trophy, the something something yeah. whatever. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so you named the award for excellence in not winning the big one. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I want to call it the Tom Lehman trophy, but that's too, that's too corner case. Not enough people like hate how big a choker Tom Lehman is in golf as much as I do. That guy is disgusting. I mean, first of all, golf is what I'm going to think about for any of these. There's so many guys that couldn't close the door. Colin Montgomery, uh, so, so many, and most of them I find really likable and, and sympathetic uh, folks. So I'm going to try to think of, I mean, it's not going to be like Barry Bonds mm-hmm. because baseball is a team sport. Barry Bonds is, you know, obviously a lot of reasons to dislike the guy, but one of the great, if not the greatest baseball player of all time, I'm not going to put it on him. Barkley, Ewing, both yeah. fine, fine yeah. uh, basketball players. Basketball more so than baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's on them a little bit more. Um, I think... I think I'm going to, you know, call it the Dan Marino Award. Okay, great. Ultimately, yeah. Great. How about for a... I actually kind of like Dan Marino. I spent my whole career disliking him. My whole career. His whole career (laughs) disliking him. I was a Bills fan growing up, and the the Dolphins and Bills were were rivals, and I, I hated Marino. And he's one of probably only three or four athletes who won me over to the... Where I went from, like, hatred to respect to... I'm like, I like Dan Marino, and I wish he would have won... 
but I'm still going to smear him <laughs> with naming this award after him. I was up, uh, I uh, went to school at Syracuse, New York, so I was in upstate. My best friend was a huge Bills fan, and those were the games that were on, you know, in, love, in central love New that York. Bills team. And yeah, there was like the 89 to 92 teams. I was really into Thurman and Keith McKellar and, yeah. you know, like Daryl Talley. Bruce Smith, yeah. Daryl Talley, Cornelius mm-hmm. Bennett, yeah, Biscuit James Bennett, Lofton, yeah. Andre Reed. Yeah, Jim Kelly. Um, okay, um, so the next award is for achievement in facial hair. Okay. <laughs> that one sound like you grooved on that. Yeah. I mean Sam Elliott. I think yeah, it's I, I think it's I, I think it's called the Sam Elliott Stash. All right, great. <laughs> award for for great achievements in facial hair. And you receive a sash, but they call it a stash it's as a they stash. put it. They put yeah. it on you. Know, like it's a, just a hair sash called a <laughs> Yeah. There's the Wilford Brimley fourth place award. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you can do whatever you want to, there man. Is, You're the uh, Oh, God. You're um, the namer of names for named awards, you know? Yeah, I, I just, Sam Elliott busts an unbelievable mustache mm-hmm. out there. I'm trying to think of, like, someone who has a, like, Gary Oldman, you know, can disguise himself so yep. incredibly well, but I don't think of him as, like, a master of different facial hair, because so far all the people I'm thinking of have, like, the one. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, Bill Bill Belichick's an amazing, obviously, football coach, and he's probably the best pro football coach ever. But I, there's part of me that's like Pete Carroll, I, I think, did something more impressive than what Belichick has done because he won in college and in the pros. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to do that. I think ultimately, like, history will side with Belichick over Pete Carroll. Like going to back-to-back World Series of Poker Tables as opposed to necessarily winning at all. Yes. Is a, yeah. And so and so I, w- I would like to replace Sam Elliott, but I just can't think of somebody who has so many different facial hair looks, mm-hmm. all of which all of which are Work trend setting. And, like yeah. like the Jennifer Aniston of facial hair. I hear you. Like I don't know if it's Brad Pitt, you know, or what. How about um achievement in overindulgence, which up until you've you've gotten a hold of it, it used to be called the Glutton's Cup. Yeah. Uh, but now it's going to be uh, another name for achievement in overindulgence. Yeah, it's the Mario Batali Battalion of Overindulgence. <laughs> <laughs> the battalion? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon and, and Mario Batali <laughs> threw me out of a bar one time. No way. Yeah, Fallon was a complete asshole. I think he was on some... Oh, whatever. Who cares? But... Uh, they threw you out? Uh, well, they had me They had me kicked out. It was... Uh, I was invited, uh, and we went over... And it's funny because... Um, I guess I'll tell the story. Uh, <laughs> I and, guess and you having it on this podcast to. is now going to like make, make his... Uh, his his criticism come true but i i was i was with my friend that i called the czar i love this guy mike mcdonald and we got uh invited uh uh over to um where a couple other people and i'll try I, I won't use the names of the people that actually got us in there i don't want to burn them but we we went to um i was in new york for trial we had like two days off so this was going to be a big night to go like party i was i was a young associate at the time and my friend's like, oh, uh, we're over at Mario Batali's restaurant. Come join us. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so we get in there, and there's like eight people in there. It's like Mario Batali, some woman, uh, and then like the people that invited us, and then like like David Chang, the chef, was oh, yeah. there. You bet. And I was, I was like a little drunk, and David Chang was like very uh, modest. He, he, I loved David Chang. Yeah. He was like... We were talking about baseball for a while. He he was like an Orioles fan. We were debating like the 70s Orioles versus the 90s Braves for the best pitching staff ever. David Chang, like Prince of a Guy, his restaurants are incredible as well. But 
I didn't know who the hell he was. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm a chef. You know, I was like, oh, great. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a tough job. But then I was like, hey, man, like, I've heard it's tough, but I'm sure you'll do well. You know, I'm talking to this guy. I'm just <laughs> like. Stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang and in he's there. like, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. But he was just so, he was so humble about, you know, kind of who he was. What's your name? Merle Strep? <laughs> yeah. You stick with that acting thing. Yeah, I'm sure it's a tough racket, but. Do your thing. Do your thing. And, uh, and so anyway, um. We're having a great time, and but Tally is overindulging in every way possible, every way possible. I mean, that guy is the most hedonistic human being I've ever come across, and I was only around him for about two hours. Sounds like Caligula. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible, and he was wearing his Crocs, and he's just he's just indulging in, in all sorts of, you know, I mean, he wasn't like doing drugs, but I mean, he was doing everything else you could do right. uh, to, to enjoy himself, and... We got in like we got in a debate, you know, or he's just like, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. And I was like, really? How long have you been a Saints fan? And he's like, since the hurricane. I was like, yeah, right. So you're a big fan. And he's like, giving me the double bird and just having a great. Like, you don't know Bobby A. Bear. Yeah. He's just like laughing. <laughs> and we're, I mean, we're having a blast. And then uh, Fallon shows up. Uh, and I guess he's pretty close with with Batali. And I had a couple friends that had like worked for Jimmy Fallon or whatever. But I was like, I wasn't drunk enough. I was like, all right, leave Jimmy Fallon alone, right? Like, I don't need to talk to Jimmy Fallon. He doesn't want to hear from me. So uh, there's only one bathroom in the place, and we get up in line, and he's like right behind me, and then he's got some like helper right there's behind him. There's only like him. nine, nine or ten of you in this joint, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, then there's like a staff that's okay. that's serving, but and they're like tight with Batali. I mean, there's really not many people at all. Fallon, when Fallon came, maybe two others, three others came. So there's like fourteen, fifteen people in there. And, uh, I'm in the, the bathroom line and I was just like, Hey Jimmy, you know, cause he's right there. And I'm just sitting there in line standing for a while. And I was like, Oh, you know, Hey, I, uh, I know some folks that have worked for you. They say they really enjoy, uh, working with you and for you. And that like, you run a great ship, you know? And he looks at me and goes, what do you got? Some fucking blog. And I was like, no man, that's all right. And he's like, what are you going to write about this? And I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. Like, we don't have to have a conversation. I don't care. I'm just waiting for the bathroom. And and again, like, number one, I had had a few beers. And number two, like, if you really kind of come after me, I will I will come back. Right. Like, I'm not a, like, oh, hey, no problem, man. So so he snaps at me, and I was just like, all right, man. We don't, we don't have to have a conversation. I go in the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom. Uh, he goes in. I go across the restaurant i sit down and i'm texting my my buddy who had done some work with him and i was like jimmy fallon's a dick bag and so fallon comes out of the bathroom makes a beeline for me and he's like what are you writing in your fucking blog right now you put you you put this in your blog right now and i was like no i'm not i'm sending a text message do you want to see it and he's like no that's all right you send your text message did he think? Did you get the feeling he thought you were someone in particular? I don't or know. I have no idea, TJ. I mean, he just hated me with like this this deep passion, and like I don't know whether you know he was misbehaving or he didn't want people to know that he was at battalion. I don't have any. How's idea. How's your blog, by the way? Yeah, exactly. I didn't have a fucking blog. Oh, you didn't? No. And so, uh, so then I was just like, I was like, look, and he he was on, he was drunk probably, but he was like. I mean, he sat down next to me. He's like a little bigger than I thought. And he was kind of, you know, trying to intimidate me a bit. And I was like, look, man, I don't want any, like, have any issues here. We're having a great time. Like, 
you know, you do your thing. I'm not going to bother you. All I was trying to tell you is that, like, I used to do comedy in Chicago, and I knew these people who know you. That's all. I was just trying to make conversation, but I, I get it. It doesn't matter, you know? And he's like, all right. And I was like, look, I mean, we both like having a few drinks, so let's just go up and get a drink. And he's like, okay, all right. Well, I like having a drink. And he and I walk up, <laughs> and I get a drink, and uh, and he, he kind of disappears for a second, and then... He he points at Batali and points at me and just does this like get him to the door. Uh, we does he takes his hand, puts it up in the air, and does a, a, a quick circle with just one finger extended up, like kind of like I don't know round how, to, him how up. to describe. It looks like round him up, right? Yeah. Batali, who has loved us from from the last couple of hours, is like yeah, drinks for all of us, and so comes <laughs> over, grabs me and Fallon, and is like, the three of us, and Fallon's like, no, I want this motherfucker out of the bar. Honest to God. And uh, and then Batali just looks at me for a second, he's like, hey man, I'm sorry, but uh, Fallon says you gotta Jimmy go. Jimmy calls the shots yeah, in my restaurant. He goes, Fallon says you gotta go, so I guess you gotta go, but let's have that drink before you do. <laughs> so then we have one more drink with Batali. The staff couldn't have been nicer. They come and like, you know, kind of take me and my friend the czar. Very politely slam me into the wall yeah. and pick me up by was, my, my they were, belt. They couldn't have been any nicer. They were like, uh, I'm, you, you guys have, uh, you got to go. And I was like, my friend Mike didn't, didn't do anything. Why has he got to go? But it was like two in the morning anyway, or 1.30 at least. So it didn't matter. So anyway, um, I guess now I'm saying that on the podcast. So I may as well have put it all into a blog. But I really didn't like him. Ouch. Okay, Rush. So the... The Mario Battalion Award. Yeah, boy, I really went off the rails <laughs> on that one. I, I uh, apologize, but that's a good story. You, you got two more before your workday is through here. You okay. got two more. Um, the funniest person who's not in the business of being funny. Wow. That's that's very difficult because for me, I, I just I don't see how I cannot do somebody I'm personally friends with. Um, so that would be like Dave Hampton with my buddy from law school. But I think that I'm trying to find like a, a more of a celebrity that, that somebody that's like uninten- kind of unintentionally funny or someone, you know, like, like Barkley, you know, or someone who's not in the business of being funny, but is, you know, they're, they're not a comedian or they don't make their living, you know, doing comedy, but they're just really funny. Yeah, I. I I struggle to think because there there's something in my head, uh, and I just can't think. I can't place them. I, I it's like I want to say it's like a broadcaster, and Bob Costas keeps coming to mind, but it's not Bob Costas. Okay, but but one of those folks who, um, their job is to be like the straight man on the thing, and and instead I've I've just heard nothing but stories about them being like just an unbelievable uh-huh. entertainer and just, you know, everyone loves them and they're very funny. But then when they're on the news, they're just straight down the uh-huh. middle. I hear you. So I'm going to call it the, cause I can't remember the, the name. Not Bob Costas. Uh, no, uh- <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the not Bob Costas award, or I was going to call it like the, uh, uh, the newscaster secret. Okay, great. <laughs> for, for, for funny business when your business ain't being funny. That's right. And the last one is Mr. Or Mrs. Mediocrity. Ooh, Mr. or Mrs. Mediocrity. I when I think mediocrity, I I think like that's the Michael Bay Award. Okay, great, you got it. I mean, people like rip on him all the time, 
but his stuff is not totally unwatchable. Uh-huh. It's not you. horrific. It's like Transformers it, and, and yeah, stuff. like all that yeah. stuff. He did like right. I think he did like Con Air. Okay, and just a huh. bunch. Of, it's just it's just green screen, high stunts, dumb catchphrases, and just money money movies to make money. With no heart or good stories or anything to them. <laughs> the Michael Bay Lifetime Achievement Award for Mediocrity. Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. That was the old, given the names to the names on the name commission, name, <laughs> namer. Okay. Uh, still on courts and fields. Yes, sir. Uh, here's the situation. All right. TJ, you were brought in to design uh, airport food courts. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, the si- the situation is that uh, in all of these uh, different airports, there's only room for three restaurants, and two have already been selected. Oh boy! So you got to figure out the best third restaurant to put in with these other two to try to maximize people's ability to enjoy and eat well. All right, I'll try. I'll tell you, all of these are based on real airport (laughs) uh, trios where I'm going to give you like two of them. Uh, So here's one. Uh, There's a Burger King. Okay. There's a Popeye's chicken. Okay. What's the third thing you're putting in there? Do uh, do I need to know what town this, what airport this is in or anything like that? No, you don't get to know. This is, uh, well, you want to? I'll tell you. Atlanta, Georgia. That's where it is. Um. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing a lot of. Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of veggies here. Uh, no. So, I'm gonna give them. Is it like a? Is it Fresh Choice? Is that a place? Uh, or Could or be. like Greens? Simply Greens. It's called Simply and Greens. And it's vegetarian. Uh, vegetarian vegan food. Okay. Uh, great. Now uh, they do say, hey, uh, we love putting in Simply Greens. Good work. Can't ever use that one again, though. Okay. All right. Uh, next up. Yeah. Uh, Pegasus Euros. Okay. Or Pegasus Greek food, but Euros especially. Yeah. Potbelly Sandwich Store. Okay. And what's the third one? This is in Midway Airport. Oh, this is Midway. Yeah. Okay. What's, what's the third thing you're putting in there to make it work? Oh, man. You're getting a, getting a Geno's East in there. Okay. How we not have... Oh, yeah. yeah that, got no, I think yeah, that actually pie. maybe is the third thing. I think they do have like a, a pizza joint right in there. <laughs> they I think, got to. I think, you know, you can't <laughs> fly into Chicago and not have that option. I, you know? I think you hit it's it like on not the not having uh, uh, slot machines in the airport at McCarran. Love it. Uh, next one, Rick Bayless's sandwich shop. Okay. McDonald's. Mm. And what's the third thing you're going to put there? This is O'Hare. Okay. I'm going to give O'Hare a Sparrows. Oh God. You fired. (laughs) (laughs) Sparrows. Hey, I didn't ask for the job, man. I can walk. (laughs) All right. Um, next one is. Take me to where? LaGuardia? JFK? (laughs) Where, where are we landing? Newark? Well, we're moving into. The, the new E-Terminal in LaGuardia. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's some garbage bag Mexican no-name grill. Okay. Some half-ass... That sound like a good... I don't remember food's the name. Great, I don't remember the name. It's not great. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, they couldn't put in regular stuff. I don't get it. But uh, that's the first one. Some garbage bag Mexican no-name grill. Okay. Second one is some half-ass white tablecloth Italian joint. Okay. They're both like... They look like they would be, you know... Uh, relatively more fancy than normal air, airport okay. food, but aren't that great. What's the third thing you're putting a in there? Good Mexican restaurant. <laughs> oh, man. Just to make those guys <laughs> feel good. I'm going to put in like a Frontera grill in there. I like that. You know, or because. Topola Bombo. Every time I do see like the bad stuff, you know, I see like, you know, a Sparrow, <laughs> I, then I do want to go get like an actual good slice of pizza. <laughs> right. And then you look and you see like they have the bread is like way too high a proportion of the of the pizza. Oh, God. Those are those like Sicilian slices where it's yeah. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just like a 
big big pieces Texas toast with a little bit of sauce on top. Oh my god, so yeah, bad. a good Mexican restaurant just to shove it right in that other joint's face. I like it. Now we're gonna go to my single least favorite area. Uh, in any airport to eat, which is the old C terminal in LaGuardia. Okay. This is the lowest of the low. They have, and I wrote this before you gave your answers, a worse, an even worse <laughs> version of Sparrows. Okay. Then they have a ludicrously low end Asian wok restaurant. Okay. What would be the third thing to try to save that disaster? Uh, we need uh, Tom, uh, Tom Calicchio has a, a series of, of places. What is, he goes by craft, right? I yeah, craft. Like craft. Yep. We're going to give him a witchcraft in there. So they have one good Ooh. sandwich option. Holy moly. What a witchcraft. great choice. Yeah. I got to tell you, you, you have made up for that Sparrows <laughs> disaster. I had a bad day at the but office. If you put, if, if you put a Calicchio witchcraft, is that actually a thing he does? A, uh-huh. like a sandwich store? Yeah. For crafts? In, uh, in MGM in Vegas, there's a, if it's still there, it was, it's, it was called you, a witchcraft. If it is, yeah. I'm going there next yep. time I'm in Vegas. Because as you know, I love sandwiches. Yes, you do. I also, I'm a big fan of Tom Calicchio. Mm-hmm. Uh, love Top Chef. Love his kind of. I just like the vibe that Tom Calicchio was given. I think he also wrote a really nice essay or um, well, it was like point of view statement about women in the kitchen too. When uh, at yeah. one point too, that I was thought was really great. I what I one thing I like about Tom Calicchio is that he is I, I think he's like pretty genuine, right? Like he he'll he'll say some things that are unpopular, which makes me think like. You know, he's not just paying lip service to some of his more kind of like uh, environmentally friendly uh, mm-hmm. things that he does. And he does a ton for that. So I love that he he both has that. Like I think of him as he's like he's a socially conscious chef. OK, but also I like that he'll just bring the hammer to these people on Top Chef. Yeah. Like he doesn't he doesn't like, you know, soft pedal them when they no. fuck up. And uh Sorry, there's been more swears than I would like. It doesn't feel like he's playing it up or down for the camera on there. Right. It feels like if right. he ate this and there were no cameras running, he would say, like, yeah, you know, this this part was okay. You, you didn't do enough here. And, you know, like, but yeah, he feels like he's just kind of being genuine. And I hope that's the case because he seems like a, 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 you know, for real dude. Right. And if, if someone would put that witchcraft in to <laughs> LaGuardia, that would improve my life so much because that, that really is the worst airport food court that, that man has LaGuardia ever seen. LaGuardia was tough for a while, man. And yeah. I think they're trying to redo it now, but that was, there was like hanging wires and, yeah. and ceiling yeah. tiles were gone and stuff. And Well, they've put the E-terminal in now that's nicer and then and then the, old, the new Delta terminal is nicer, but I'm, I'm not a fan of the, uh, one of my, one of my dad's friends, uh, works for a company that goes and like sells um, overall food and and um, overall food like for uh, <laughs> yeah, like farmhands for farmhands. Uh, no, like he he sells a food and um, like magazine store and bookstore type package oh, okay. to airports. So they help design it all. And I always thought that was like a super fun, interesting thing to think about how to put like a whole airport or a whole mall, like the floor of a mall. Where should the things go? Uh-huh. Like how do you you know if this is an electronic store, where should I put other stuff near? What other stuff should go nearby that, that that people are going to walk out and be interested in the same type of store. I just find all that fascinating. Like that's the same reason people enjoy like SIM theme parks and stuff. I would enjoy like a SIM mall simulation. (laughs) Um, But anyway, like I, I hope it's not his company. I know it's not this, this new trend towards no name restaurants 
and you sit down and you have your uh, electronic screen right in front of oh, you and okay. you order like any different type of food and it's all coming from the same kitchen. That is that is very bad gotcha. to me. I don't like it. It goes back to that like Bennigan's menu problem I've talked about. Right, where right, right, right. It can't be good if they're making a hundred different things. Yeah. All right, Rush, I got one for you. Here's the situation. Rush, you find yourself in the scene you sometimes see in films. You are on the battlefield of a war. A young soldier runs up to you and says, Sir, Major Burke is dead, and so is Captain Clay. Sir, you are now our commanding officer. Given the circumstances, Rush, what kind of military leader do you think you would be in that in that moment? Panicked. Yeah. A panicked bad. Because <laughs> like often in the in the in the films at that point, the guy's like, All right, you ten, head over that. You know, like they've they've already had some right. way, you know, that um and so I guess in this sense, um, yeah, what sort of uh or how would you what what how would you fancy yourself a military leader? I yeah. Guess? So in our last episode, I asked you a bunch of uh, like Madden ratings uh-huh. of real life ratings <laughs> and things you'd be good at. And one of the things that I uh, will non-humbly claim that I think I would be good at is situational analysis. Okay. I think that's one of my strengths. I think I like to think I'm good at board games. I like to think I'm good at my job. And there's a lot of doing that. So I think that I would be, number one, I would hope if I'm third in command that I would have spent significant time game planning for the worst and being put in this situation. I would like to think I would have stayed on top of our overall strategy and tactics. And I, I do think that I am decent, not, not as good as I am at situational analysis, but I think I'm decent at holding my, you know, myself together in high stress situations. So I like to think that I would be, I hope I would be calm I hope I would be motivational. I hope I would, I I think I have decent EQ and decent ability to convey to others my own sense of relative calmness. Okay. And I think I would try to put people at ease by making clear that I've thought about this ahead of time. I know what I think that we should do. I'm consulting with others. I'm not just going on my own, but I'm also not ta- I'm not running a, a full <laughs> democracy. <open. laughs> we're not going to have an open conversation about what we're supposed to do. And so I think I would hopefully be uh, pretty good in that regard. I think I'd be too verbose. I think I'd be, uh, of course, y- you know, a-, a little nervous and panicked and probably moving faster than I should be in that yep. exact moment. Um, but I like to, I like to think I would I would be decent at taking the time, assessing, internalizing the situation, and try to then be a motivational, direct, concise leader that people would be more likely to be willing to follow. Okay, and here's just a, a brief follow up for you: Is um, would your would that leadership style change or? Um, do you think you would exhibit different qualities if you had just quite suddenly become in charge of a uh, um, a feel a team on a field, or let's say like a faculty of teachers? Do you think that I know obviously not lives aren't in the stake, there aren't bullets flying around, but would those same qualities do you think come to the fore regardless of? what the team is that you've just been kind of like put in, put in charge of. Yeah, I think so. I think there would be certainly differences at the margins of what you're trying to do. I think in that specific military setting, 
when you're in the middle of true crisis, you need to be more direct. You need to probably solicit less Mm -hmm. feedback and other opinion uh, versus a situation where I've got more time. It's not a actual life or death situation. Instead, we're just dealing with whatever, you know, issues the 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 faculty has at this at this school that I'm working at but for the most part I think the same type of things right like you want to be able to you you want to be able to demonstrate like I, I think of in in almost any aspect of life you want to be able to demonstrate competency and trustworthiness mm-hmm. and if you can do those two things I think you can get people to follow you so they would be a little different how you would have to demonstrate the competency yep. and the trustworthiness. <laughs> but usually for trustworthiness, I'm going to try to demonstrate that I've, I've put in a lot of thought. I've, I've looked at things from different angles. I've solicited meaningful opinions from different areas. I'm not, you know, kind of winging a wild it. card. Yeah. I'm not winging it. And then I would like to also, if possible, demonstrate, you know, situations I've had in the past that are that are similar here. But also I would just in order to really get that trustworthiness, you have to connect to these folks. Yeah. So I would I I would in a faculty setting, I've got more time. I'm gonna spend more time individually with folks trying to build that trust between them. Yeah. The competence, I think, is gonna be very similar in that you're in all in almost all things you're looking at, you know various issues and you need like a tactical game plan and a strategic game plan for how to deal with things in the short, medium and long term. Great. Thank you, man. All righty. Um, okay. TJ, we're still on courts and fields. Courts and fields. That was, yeah, that was the battlefield. Yes. Um, so here's the situation. All right. TJ, you, you, look like you like this. One. You're brought into the common court of ethics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, I got one coming up for you, pal. Oh, I, great. I got so as you arrive at the Common Court of Ethics, okay. uh, the, the presiding person steps in and says, Ah, Mr. Jagodowski, uh-huh. uh, yes, welcome sir. to the Common Court of Ethics. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Now, it's your first time here, I believe, so I'm uh, going to explain the rules. I wish you would. Now, here's how it works. You are going to pick <laughs> one issue of ethics. It can't be political in nature. It can't be religious in nature. It's got to be more of a triviality of life, but a situation where ethics matter. And you are going to take whatever position you would like to and argue before this fine court why it is that your position is correct. I will play the role of the devil's advocate, pushing back on you at different points to see whether or not you can withstand scrutiny with your position on this common ethics. Now, you can either Bring in your own uh, particular issue that is one of great import to you, or I will give you three that you may choose between to decide which to to speak of. And I'm going to give you those three, whether whether you end up going with the mystery meat or not. Right. You understand? I appreciate it. Okay, very good. So here are three options here: the Common Court of Ethics. All right. The first is you must take a position one way or the other on is it okay. To put your seat back and recline on airplanes. Okay. Secondly, you have to provide what is the appropriate amount to tip when you're dining alone and why. Or third, I want you to talk about when is the appropriate arrival time and exit time for a house party. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. I will... uh, I will... 
I will take the appropriate time to uh, leave and exit a house party. Very good. All right. You'll be allowed to speak on as many of these situations as you like. (laughs) We've got you here for at least 10 minutes. Have a good time in the Common Court of Ethics. (laughs) I now apologize, but I am going to shift into the role of the devil's advocate. (laughs) Fair fair enough. We all got to do what we got to do. Um, I I don't know why I picked this one because I have the I, I think I have the weakest thoughts on this. Now you started very weak here. <laughs> what we like to see is someone coming in confident, strong right. on the opinion. Um, regardless of what time the party is uh, is said to begin at, yes, no one should arrive more like less than a half hour after that time. Okay. All right. So, so party, let's pretend the party start is from six to nine p.m. No, no one, one should be, be there, there before six thirty. Even the host should not expect anyone there until until six thirty. And the the party is said to go from when to when? Six to nine p.m. Six to nine. I also don't think people should plan on leaving necessarily before ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're going to outstay their welcome. I think, or are they? It's if a party's going, you don't stop it by the clock. Okay. And I think a, a good house party is always has like 15% of the people who have been there there till well after well after the the peloton Very good. has left. Very peloton? Good. And yeah. should your uh, departure time be uh dependent on your arrival time or are they independent events in your view? You can't you you can't leave less than an hour and a half. Uh, you you can't you have to stay for at least an hour and a half. And is that based on half of the total time of the party, or is that a general nah, hour and a half? An hour an hour is too short. You can't you're you're not you're not there. You're not you're not really like. Then it just looks like you just you just said f you by even coming. Okay, an hour and a half. I think you start to get into this kind of like fuzzy world of like yeah they were here for a while mm-hmm. you know like you remembered yeah then then you can you can leave after an hour after an hour and a half. Right. I mean, and all this is the assumption that it's a a fairly decent party. Sure. If if it's if it's a stink bomb from the beginning, get out after ten minutes. You're not required to be there. No. The the goal is to have a good time. And if this is clearly not going to be a good time, you don't have to force yourself to force yourself through that. So oh, I'm saying this is a, a fairly decent a fairly decent party. And this is yeah. coming from a guy with some sort of a, a decent amount of social anxiety. Okay. I'm still going for ninety minutes. All right. Well, let me just push. I'm required yeah, to play I, the I role of the devil's having. Let me you start- look different. I'm assuming. Well, I put assuming, on my, I put on my horns. Okay, yeah. And my okay, Al, my I, I Al Pacino so. mask because I didn't see those. I didn't see those earlier. So I don't. Yeah, okay. They're not real. Gotcha. Okay. This, this is on for my role of the devil's advocate. Now let me start by saying, if if these good people have said come to my party at six o'clock, mm-hmm. is it not? Is it not expected that at least a few people will be there in the six to six thirty range, thereby allowing the host to get good quality time with a small group of folks? Because of course they're going to be too busy during the thrust of the party. So wouldn't it be nice to have a few folks that they can engage with at a bit of a more personal level? Oh, it'd be nice. It's not going to happen. What you will get at that point is one lonely person. You will you will get the one lonely person there there at six. But or why the- can't you be? Uh, the person that comes early to the party has a good, genuine uh, interaction and then uh, exits. Because then I'd be the one lonely person. Well, you're not required to be lonely? <laughs> you you are. You are if you're getting there. If, if you're getting there. Or you're also the person might, the person who's like, 
um, overly helpful to the point of discomfort who like will, will, if you show up then and you're the one person and no one should ever have to be that one person, but there is that right. one person they're going to already see if like, Oh, do you need anything? You need help put anything else out or, uh, you know, can I, Oh, do you want me to, you know, put on some music They're They're the kind of person Don't be who's too helpful. overly ingratiated. Don't be too helpful. Yeah. Now I must uh, also take issue with your suggestion that everyone is to stay well beyond the length of the party. Not everybody. I'd say maybe 15% of the, uh, of the attendees. Well, how do you decide whether you're one of the 15% who should you, stay the extra hour? You know. Okay. If you don't know, you ain't them. But now, isn't it an imposition on these fine hosts for you to stay uh, up to an hour beyond the time that they've set in advance? It would be. But once it gets down to like what in my head is maybe four or five people that are still there plus the hosts... There's some help going on as far as like rounding up glasses and there's kind of gradual like picking up of a couple of cans or bottles and putting okay. it in the recycling. So, so if you want to stay late, yeah, you, you can you can make that okay by helping with, yep. with the inevitable clean. Yeah. And then if because you'll know if you're the, one of the people who's supposed to be around afterwards. Yeah. There's going to be some stuff that you've been wanting to talk about, but that wouldn't have been right to talk about with everybody. Now, there. You could have talked about that at the early part of the party. Nah. <laughs> when it's, you was just you're you not in the, the mood, host. you're not you're not properly party lubricated. Okay. You're not you're not broken into the social situation. Now you're there. Other other um, topics have been have been broached, yes. and now you can get to like, hey, can we talk about you know like Miranda being sick? Well, you I'm know, gonna like, to broach a topic with you. <laughs> I do have an issue with your suggestion that you, regardless of the length of the party would do at least about 90 minutes when you arrival. I think that has to be tied to the overall time of the party. So if you're getting, if it's just an hour-long party, a quick open house or something like that, then perhaps you need to stay at least half an hour. I like a concept of you stay about half of the total party. But you can't come for 90 minutes on a 60-minute party, my friend. <laughs> let me let me push Let me push back on that. There are some parties that have been kind of, they're like sort of open house parties. Like, uh-huh. hey, we're going to be here from noon to midnight. You're not. You cannot be obligated to be there for a six-hour chunk of time. No, that, that is fair. That is a fair. Right. I, yeah, that is a good reverse devil's advocating, <laughs> because of course you should not stay for six hours just because. But whoever is hosting a twelve-hour party has themselves already breached the court of common ethics, my friend. <laughs> you should not host a twelve-hour party because people like myself who come and want to stay about half of the party are now obligated, my friend, for six hours of partying. And can you imagine showing up right on time for for a, a noon to midnight party? Well, that you're not be... going to get your butt there at noon. Well, I, I, I'm going to have several problems with this party <laughs> that's from twelve to midnight. What are we doing at this party? And 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 for a party of over, I would say for a party of over five hours. Yes. Don't stay around afterwards. Oh, right. Yeah. right. And yeah, also, it's been too long. And also that like if the party ends at one, get get the hell out of there. But if it's like a six to nine kind of party, there's still a lot of night to be burned. There's 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 lamp oil still yep. still to you know be be Understood. used. You know, you got to read the the context clues. These are yeah. not none of these are hard and fast rules. But you've convinced me, Mister Jagodowski. That you generally have a good sense of ethics for attending a party. I, I love. I would have loved to have taken. It's never okay to put the seat. Well, back we, we could go. just let's so that go. you could have to say. Uh, fair enough. Let's <laughs> no, go. No, let, no, let us do. The, do, do we go to jury now, or is this? Is no, it, we can go ahead and have one I, more if you would I, like I to know. debate on the uh, on the flight. I I feel like. I feel like this this scenario is is ripe for for a revisit at a at okay. another at another time. Good day, sir. <laughs> good day. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, look at look at him now. Look at you now without the horns and the and the Pacino face. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, very nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, no devil's advocating any farther. Rush, uh, I will bid you adieu and return to Rush. Adieu, Rush. I I have a little I have a little court I have a little court set up for you. Great. So here's the situation, Rush. You are appointed the head judge of Superior Fictional Character Court. Ooh, all right, excellent. Yeah. I'm going to present you with a couple of cases that came before you, and I'd like just to, I'd like you to tell me how you uh, eventually ruled on these. No I'm problem. going to give you a kind of sparse information. If you need to fill in gaps, you can. If you feel like you, um, and also use your kind of previous knowledge of maybe maybe these personalities to you know to, okay. to influence your decision. Um, the first the first case that uh, came before you is Bert versus Ernie. Oh. Um, a case, uh, it was a roommate dispute in which Mr. Burt claimed that Mr. Ernie was a no good layabout who didn't contribute to the household. And Mr. Ernie claimed that Mr. Burt was an over fastidious pigeon file who made cohabitation impossible. Each wanted to have the other evicted and maintain ownership of the apartment. Oh, I got to tell you, this was a rough one. Uh, it, by the end, I, I didn't like either of these guys. Oh no. That's I not- mean, no, but it was, they were just so many complaints and they had so much evidence, uh, throughout and, and, a lot there's of history. No da- yeah, there's no doubt Bert was too fastidious. There's no doubt Ernie was too carefree. <laughs> but ultimately, um, the evidence that that made me rule, even though I had trouble with this and I wasn't thrilled to do it, but the the evidence that made me rule for Bert and evicting oh. Ernie was that Ernie actually on one evening uh, sang a song that led to a bunch of sheep coming into Bert's uh, house. <laughs> that is. Those the sheep then danced themselves to sleep. Uh, which carried Bert's bed uh, while he was complaining the entire time outside of the uh, outside of the apartment and just let him wow. uh, have to sleep outside. And is and that's a true Sesame Street. I'm sure you remember that one. And as much as I enjoyed that episode, that is that's too far. That was a bridge too yeah, far. That's and, beyond the pale. And I had to say, Ernie, uh, I love you. Your songs are great, but uh, you know, y- you got to go. Fair enough. Sounds like a sound decision. Yeah, well, he ended up in Oscar the Crouch's <laughs> trash can, so I, f- I felt bad about how it all worked out. Uh, the next case yeah. uh, was Popeye versus Brutus, or oh. also known as Bluto. Yeah. Um, and this was uh, these were countersuits filed right. uh, for medical expenses due to aggravated battery. Uh, Mr. Mr. Brutus Bluto claimed uh, special consideration due to the near superpowers uh, uh, granted Mr. Popeye by use of spinach, right. whereas Mr. Popeye claimed uh, it was self-defense due to Mr. Brutus Bluto's uh, inherent aggressive and bellicose nature. Yeah. Uh, well, I- I'll never forget um, the when we tested the spinach, mm-hmm. and they, they had a they had an expert, they had dueling experts okay. come in, and uh, Blutuses or Brutuses or Blutos, whatever. Yeah. Uh, his expert, you know, tried to say that those were PEDs and, uh, we went to the source, uh, we checked the chain of custody and indeed those cans of spinach were just regular cans of spinach. spinach. Yeah. They just were silver cans that said spinach on them Yep, and they had come fresh off the, you know, spinach Spinach boat. boat. (laughs) And, uh, so the fact that he put so much emphasis on Popeye using these illegal performance enhancers, um, really undercut his case because okay. otherwise I thought he had a pretty decent case because uh, Popeye would really, uh, I mean, the, the level of assault that mm-hmm. occurred uh, was was remarkable. But we found it to be, uh, me and my clerks, we talked about it a bit. We ultimately found that in each instance uh, that there was appropriate uh, provocation that led to self-defense. Okay. And in, in, in many instances, uh, 
uh, Bluto had uh, had uh, assaulted um, yeah. olive oil. Yeah. And, oh, uh, and, and, you know, that that oh, was man. he was not a sympathetic character. No. Didn't love uh, Popeye necessarily. Uh, there was a lot of uh, he seemed to be laughing at his own statements a lot, even though they weren't necessarily even jokes. Huh. Um and you know, it, it, don't try to be the funniest person in the courtroom when the, you know when there's a judge in there. I so hear you. Didn't yeah. care for that. Don't follow the headliner. You know. No. Yeah. Um, and last case, and my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Wiley Coyote versus Acme Supplies. Oh, oh my gosh. Mr. Coyote alleged that Acme put unsafe products into the marketplace, where Acme maintained that when left uncombined, their products, such as roller skates and fused rockets, were perfectly safe for the consuming public. Yes. Now this was a great case. Uh, first of all, it's really rare that I uh, sustain an objection to cumulative evidence. Okay, but uh, Wiley Coyote put on uh, over over thirty different instances where an Acme product had not worked for him, <laughs> and then by the time he was bringing in, you know, videotape of the thirty first, and he had them all on tape, uh, <laughs> and each time uh, I was like, I get it, I don't need to see any further evidence of this. What what on earth? is Acme going to say about all of this? Because look, when you create a product, you have, it, you are liable for, uh, it's reasonable uses. Uh Right. And they were making, uh, all sorts of products, shipping them out in the middle of the desert to a coyote. Mm -hmm. And they were aware that he was uh, a coyote and that he was going to use them to try to run down the Roadrunner. For them not to believe that these would be used in combinations that okay. could lead to these sort of accidents. Like those fat stubby rockets. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was totally unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, I even, uh, you know, during the cross-examination, I, I actually turned to the Agni representative and said, I, I want to know what you're going to claim some of these objects are made for, if not for <laughs> all sorts of <laughs> sure, ridiculous yeah. mayhem. And he didn't have a good answer to that. Because they seem almost like military supplies, some of them. You know, it seemed like... Yeah, it, it would, and they're not would, a military supply. Right. I mean, you know, and, and they got that brown box. Uh-huh. Uh, they're sending out there, and they've got all these instructions. And sometimes those instructions did combine the things. And sometimes on their instructions, there was a picture of the Roadrunner. That was really a key piece of evidence. <laughs> so I actually, uh, I, I, I was, I was darn close. If I didn't worry about the appeal risk, I would have granted summary judgment to Wiley Coyote, but I awarded him uh, massive damages. He broke over 6,000 bones. Oh. Uh, he fell off uh, 28 different cliffs. Um, and, you know, overall, uh, he never once caught the it Roadrunner. Was, it was during one of those that the Roadrunner actually broke the law of gravity. Oh yeah, <laughs> he right. never studied law. That's right. Well, he he repeatedly broke that law, but you know I don't enforce certain laws in I my hear, court, and gravity is one of them. Oh, thank you, thank you, Your Honor. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, th- thank you for the reminder of some of my <laughs> some of my favorite cases. Just a couple more here for us, TJ. That we're still in courts and fields. Courts and fields. And I'm I'm glad that we're not doing. You know, sometimes we get too much into the sports. I know we did some sports uh-huh. early on, so I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to do a bunch related to the sports, um, which I think we've covered a fair amount already. And my last one kind of goes back to yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll go back to it. So I don't want to do another sports one right before it. Very fair. So I, instead, I'm going to do this one. Um, if and this is about fields. Okay. If you didn't do what you've done, yeah. What field do you see yourself going into? So I'll say, uh, you know, here's the situation. 
<laughs> it's me, Rush, your friend, <laughs> who you would rate a uh, eleven on the friend on the friend unit points. Uh, we said last week. I know, rub uh, it in. I was, I can't, you know, no. I was too lower than too lower than the other way. Okay. But uh, I'm asking you. Yes. So it's not. This is more just a personal question. If you didn't do what you did, um, what would you have done? Um. Well. What and I, I wouldn't mind if, you know, a listener, you could tell me, hey, we, we like or we don't like these sort of things. Because, you know, normally we get a lot of high concept yep. uh, situations. Sometimes we just like to talk about ourselves. We'd be interested whether people like it or don't like it. But in any case, they're going to hear it. I usually wrap my direct questions to you in, in the in, uh, in the uh, fondant of your robot companion. No, no let's, not, let's pretend that's <laughs> untrue. Let's pretend that's untrue. We know it. I love that robot companion. <laughs> um, can't wait to see him again well i i'm actually thinking about i i've thought a lot i don't know if i didn't do what i did i don't know at that age what i would have what i would have picked but i know at this at this age what i'm thinking about trying to do next and it is um they're, they're almost like i would i i'm i live in like the 1890s it, it would be like rustic baking Okay. Um, getting good at baking bread and and pastries and stuff. My only worry is that I love to eat those those things, and so I could get kind of whacked on my own stash. That's okay. Uh, carpentry. Um, I don't have a particular like um, you know skill at, but I uh, I think woodworking is is a gorgeous craft. Um, and the other one, and I dabbled in this. I ended. I bought some some old ones online and was reading books on uh, pocket watch repair. Really? Yes. Wow. That is, that's a tough one. You got to, how good's your vision? Um, well, it's pretty good, but I bought these like insanely up close glasses yeah. where it's like two microscope right. tops, you know, like yeah, yeah. go on your glasses. I used it to take a splinter out the other day. It was okay. phenomenally useful. Mm. Um, but of those Three, the one that feels like most I could get most um, ingrained in is probably like woodworking, Lear- mm. learning how to no actually intended. do yeah do wood. Uh, no, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. How good are your hands for the the pocket watch repair? That seems very difficult, like a really really tough skill. It's, Maybe it's I'm wrong incredibly there. difficult, and also next to no demand. Yeah, you know, low, it, but you know the people that need them need them. You'll be the only game in town for sure, you know. But like, but no one carries them anymore. So like, unless they get one, you know, in a yeah. will from their grandfather and want it to work again. Um, I, was, I was talking to my uh, my my friend uh, and coworker the other day about like we would love it if there was just if we could get one of our associates to just have a pocket watch all the time. Uh-huh. Because we were like, that's the thing that's absurd, but it's the least absurd that you actually could do it. Like, you're never going to get somebody to wear a monocle right. or like an ascot, you know, uh, walking with a swagger stick. Yeah, that, yeah. Those, that was the other one that we had was the non-necessary walking cane. It was basically of all the elements of Mr. Peanut, which is the one that we can that would be most okay. Um, uh, yeah, well, the, the some of like the, a watch works, a pocket watch works are um, and we've I think we've we've made mention of this before. It's near magical to me. Yeah. That we both um, love watches. Yeah. yeah, and there's a little thing in there called the barrel, which is um, about it's it's probably a disc around the size of a quarter. It's actually a little housing, and inside is just a like a, a metal ribbon that is what you actually wind when you wind yeah. and it slowly 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 releases tension goes through a series of those gears to ending up keeping this tiny little set of legs 
counting out seconds. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's truly amazing. And then how it translates time through that, and through then, the series of growing gears to, right. uh, you know, to And then the watches that have multiple complications. Yeah. I like that term, by the way. I like uh-huh. the watches called complications. <laughs> I, I just think that they're really cool. And jewels, you know, like the, that there's the, the tiny, little, tiny little yeah. pieces of jewel. And then sometimes artificial jewels are used to kind of keep the, the smooth flow. Yeah. There's, you know, there's no uh, friction from, from them. And so. Um, Is there a thing you're going to focus on, though, in, in carpentry because that's where you ended up going there i i, I diverted it to pocket watches because I, I i love those furniture but. making okay yeah i i've actually been in the alley back here people throw away a lot of like you know old pallets and skids and and stuff like that and and whenever i find like raw or old or used wood i i i bring the pallet into the garage i pull it apart and then try and figure out stuff to do with it so far i've made i've kind of done some paintings on on wood like real hack real you know real hack puntillism jobs yeah um but uh if i i i've seen uh like old barn wood and uh and uh, repurposed wood turned into like beautiful tables and stuff like that. Yeah, and cool. that kind of raw look is really, really attractive to me. Nice. It's too bad that your neighbor is uh, like a wood collector and uh-huh. you're just constantly stealing <laughs> things that are being dropped off uh, for her. But oh well. You know how um, when the kids who grew up watching like the Brady Bunch were like, I want to be an architect is, you know, like yeah. everyone, you know, I, I think it'd be, it'd be pretty difficult for a kid growing up now, not to think like, I want to be a chef. There's oh, so yeah. many so cooking many great, shows. So many great shows. And that's shows. also, my dad is a very like, um, very simple, but almost um, like mystically gifted, simple cooking, perfectly oh, done. Okay. Um, and so I might, maybe I have a little bit of that in the blood. Um, Cause I, I could also like, whether it was baking or, or whatever, some sort of like very rustic homey kind of, kind of food preparation. Great. Do you do you have a sense of what you would have done if you didn't go into into law? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the obvious one for me was like be a comedy writer. Okay. Um, I think uh, I, I have this theory that like I don't like to tell people, but I, I, now I guess I'll tell like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people. But I have a theory that like don't worry, no one listens. To yeah, that. that's true. Uh, and by the we're late in this episode. Um, <laughs> But I, I have a theory that I'm like very similar, like in a different life, I would have been Mike Shore. Oh, okay. So, you know, obviously like I, it's incredibly unlikely that I would have been able to accomplish the things that he's accomplished. But like, I just have followed that guy's career a little bit because, and it started weirdly because um, my name and like Xbox and everything going back to college, my fake ID name and everything uh-huh. was Steve Tremendous, which I always thought was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, just, it just tickled me. I, and uh, I love like names that are like a regular first name and then a name that should, a thing that shouldn't be a name, you know, like Tim Elevator or right. whatever. Phil Boxcar. Yeah. And I mean, Steve Tremendous was always my favorite. And then uh, I read a, uh, he had a blog. Speaking, we talked about blogs earlier. He had a blog uh, called Fire Joe Morgan that was about baseball. And I loved baseball. Yeah. Uh, and it was very like sabermetric analytic stuff, but with comedy. And his name was Ken Tremendous. Which is is the name wow. he, he I guess is used forever, and I was like, oh god, uh, you know, uh, cut from the same cloth, same sense of humor, and then um, I think we're kind of like dickish in the same way a little bit, and then you know he's about my same age. Um, I think going to Harvard is better than going to Princeton if you want to go into writing comedy, and his career is impeccable. Right, he went to SNL and then The Office and then started Parks and Rec and The Good Place, which I've recently been. 
uh, watching it is great it is tough to pull off that high a concept man that uh, it's is unbelievable brutal it's one of the most plot heavy yep. shows that i've ever watched and still thought was really successful and, yep my hair yeah and uh i've got a friend writing for that now and i mean that that's just i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed brooklyn 99 i mean again this guy's like way yep. more talented than i am but i i like to think that had i instead of going the path that i did which i'm very happy that i went the, the path that i did you know went head first into that yeah. that um that i could have had something kind of remotely close uh i don't doubt you would have been great at that like man that. i don't doubt you would have been great at that i've gotten to read some of the stuff you've written and uh, it's phenomenal um all right rush ready to go back to the top i am yeah here's the situation rush in your current <laughs> oh, I love physical this. condition, yeah, yeah. you are zapped into the body of a Wimbledon ball boy. Love it. How long can you go before someone picks up on there's something very wrong going on here? Yeah. So they don't have to work like that hard, right? But it is a bunch of little sprints. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of crouching and being able to get up and down yeah. super fast. Now I and can... do they rotate? Do they? Do the ones from the net end up... Also behind where the servers are, bouncing the like service balls in? Great or? question. Great question. I think that they do. Okay. I should know the answer to this. I'm going to pay more attention next time and see whether that's right or wrong. Either I mean, way, for this scenario, I pictured you at the net. Yeah, you know, run, like, racing yeah. across racing again and, and again and yeah. again. I actually think I could, I mean, it would be, I would love it because if you knew what was happening, <laughs> you could, you could definitely pick it up and it would, and you would laugh your ass off. Cause I'd be, I'd have like my hands on my hips, <laughs> like more often than necessary while I'm crouched down at the thing. And then like on ones where, you know, you don't really have to go for the full sprint. I would, I'd be <laughs> taking a little more time than I should, <laughs> but especially like getting out of the crouch, like, the, right. like the sprinters start, you know, I'd be like, Oh God, another one of these. And like the knees are creaking. But I think if you, you know, I would have trouble not like kind of shifting around and like being like, oh, my back is a little tired here. You know, uh. and when you, when you got a ball, would you know like know where to what yeah. to do with it? Where to? Where I, to? I think okay. so. I think I've watched enough tennis. Now I could definitely make an error, uh-huh. and I would probably like screw up the towels or other stuff like that. But I know to hold it up, you know, in the right hand, okay. and bounce it over to them. And then hold another one up, and then if they take it, you know, take it. And are the net people like zooming them along the ground yeah. to the to the behind yep. the server? Yeah, okay. that's exactly right. And then when you get the new balls, they put them all out, and, okay. and you got to take them and zoom all of them back okay. like, really quickly. So I, 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 you know, again, I think like I would get a few like, "What are you doing?" Okay, you know, from but <laughs> but I think they they, they don't want to like you know, remove a ball boy in the middle of the All match. Right. <laughs> so, but someone famous within, last words, I think I could, I think I could pull it off. Uh, like for the whole match. Yeah. Do, do I get like, do I get like a couple hours to read up on what I need just, to do? You know, I'm you're just, just right in there right now. You're there. Okay. Yeah. No, I probably make too many mistakes at Wimbledon of all places where it's so, Everything is just so. You think in between, like in between the second and third game, just a buddy walks over and is like, Hey, Nigel, you okay, man? Yeah. I, well, I think they just, I think it would be more like after I make a couple mistakes at the first changeover and then the second changeover is not going that well, <laughs> I think they just have like, they have another person out on the court and they escort me out, but do it in a very uh, yeah, quiet sure. Sure. way, right? They don't want anyone to know. And I had one quick follow up. Um, of the of the major sports, um, if if you were zapped into a player's body who was yeah. on the field of play, what um what what sport or what sport and position do you think you could go the longest with uh, like keeping up keeping up the ruse? 
Ooh, um, gosh, none of them, but, uh, certainly not a baseball player. Like if I'm in right field, I mean, you know, if no ball gets hit to right field right, for I a few you. innings, but the first time, I mean, definitely couldn't be a be pitcher like, or a catcher. No, no I no, thought no. like maybe if I was in first base, I might be able to catch a ball thrown across and I'd have one ridiculously horrible at bat. Yeah. You know, so like I might be able to make it an hour. I might be, <laughs> I might be a good enough actor to kick three terrible balls and still convince like the people on the side. I'm just like, Oh my yeah, God, I can't believe it. Hold. It's like my three worst kicks I've ever had in a row. You know, oh, I can't believe I kicked a kickoff out of bounds. Like I just didn't get it clean or like, Oh, I thought you called for the the, the short kick, you know, so we can like the opening kickoff. Yeah, yeah, not the onesider, but you know how sometimes they do yeah. like the little uh, pooch the kick little or squib. whatever. Yeah, squib. So I think maybe I could get away with being a kicker for a while. How long do you think you could pull off being a if you had to do the Leslie Nielsen Enrico Palazzo from uh, the Naked Gun and you have to impersonate the umpire, uh, the home plate umpire? Do you think you can make it a whole game with people not being like, wait Man, a second? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for a while. Yeah. I'd make I'd make some bad calls, but they all do, you know. Sure. Like, um, there'd be something of like probably screw up some lineup stuff, you know. And, and like, I, I I absolutely would forget to like put enough balls in play of right. like, well, just put that ball like that ball's still good. Play with you know like because right. these mm-hmm. things are you know ball hits the dirt or you know yeah. anything. It's like new ball, new ball, new ball. So there'd certainly be something. Um, and you know like and I always I would forget like oh right I'm supposed to be watching for like box. You know, yeah. like there would be some aspect of like you'd catch me sleeping on a like an appeal call, you know, or something. I'd be like, oh man, I, I don't know, I wasn't yeah, or just get it way wrong. Watching like, out, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd call you, a lot of like conference, let me conference with with the first base umpire. Well, huh? presumably your fellow umpires would not want to show you up and would want to give right. you some help. Um, yeah, do you you think you could make it a game without being escorted off the field? I think I'd get close. Okay. Yeah. I think I get close. All right. I probably definitely easier at a bag, you know, like yeah. third base umpire, not doing too Is much. there like a minor league team we could pull this off? Just kid, <laughs> kidnap the guy, you know, do the old, put put the old, uh, you know, uh, you come out and wearing the full thing. He's back there with the gag, but it's all okay, you know, like like every like Austin Powers movie. If, if one of us, if one of us, if this was our bodies, but one of us, it was someone else's mind yeah a uh, pops in here how long do you think we get into a show before like wait a minute i don't think i'm talking to rush <laughs> really i'm, I'm not, not talking to tj <laughs> probably pretty quick yeah i think <laughs> you'd be like anyway like this i was i didn't like that dog that much i'd be like wait whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> who is this did you have a stroke or did someone yeah. pop in <laughs> who is this guy he claims you should get to a party right on time well who knows That's maybe, TJ. maybe maybe we'll try it next week people will have to listen next week see if they can pick up on, on right. whether it's whether it's us or not <laughs> Love it. Well, that's uh, that's here's the situation for this week. Thanks to Nate DeFort for producing, Julie Nichols for doing our music, Emily Cardamus for the artwork. You can find us at here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. Please write us any uh, scenarios, situations that you might have uh, tickling uh, tickling your own brain. And I think that's about it. Right? Yeah, if you like the show, you know, tell your friends. Um, oh, I wonder if we've reached our goal. I doubt it. But okay. We'll see. Well, you we want to remind them? We need 250 five star reviews, at which point we will do an extra episode uh, that will uh, come out, you know, rather than just on Monday like all our others. And it will be a episode just of uh, listener submissions 
and we will try to get um, maybe Skype with one listener yeah. or something like that to get one listener actually involved. 255 star reviews or 1,251 star reviews. Yeah, well, let's not let's not encourage <laughs> that. That'll be that'll be the end. I just of want quickly. total stars, baby. I'm just looking for I'm just looking yeah. for total stars. All right. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs>